a beachfront home in Southern California. Raising her kids was her job, but she found time for charity work, and as a young wife, she made her first trip to La Mesa State Prison. Inhabited by drug dealers and murderers and thieves, the visits had a great impact. Mary found herself thinking about the men when she returned home and wondered how their families were doing. And then in 1977, divorced and with her children on their own, now adults, she gave away everything to become a nun, taking the name Sister Antonia. She went not only to work in that prison, but she lived there for many years. Sister Antonia died recently at the age of 86. For more than 30 years, she was known as the prison angel. When asked how she could work among people convicted of such terrible crimes, she told a reporter, I'm the mother of seven children. I'm prepared for anything. <laughs> Her life was not easy, and the prison had a reputation for riots. Sister Antonia was effective in precisely those times of riots because she had no fear. The article that I read said, a woman in a white veil walks in and someone they know loves them. So silence comes, explanations come, and the arms go down. She was always supported by the seven children and the 45 grandchildren and great-grandchildren who survive her. But she knew her place was in the prison. She once said, you know, when I returned to the prison to live, I felt as if I'd come home. St. Paul, in today's second reading, writes to the Colossians, over all these things, put on love. The Colossians were never visited by Paul. Someone else had brought them the Christian faith. He gets reports, and while there are not exactly riots there, there are disagreements about faith and about how they should live as followers of Christ. He reminds them at baptism they put on white robes to symbolize their new life. Now they're to walk into every situation in life, not with white robes or a white veil. They're to walk in putting on the love of Christ. Sister Antonia knew what Paul meant when you put on love. Silence comes, the explanations come, and the arms go down. In the time of Jesus, 
family was understood rather differently than we do today. It wasn't just mother and father and children. It was an extended group of people related by blood, living in the same or sometimes in other villages. And at that time, the closest emotional bond in the family was between the mother and the eldest son. And because marriages were arranged in those days, the least emotional bond was found between husband and wife because they really didn't get any choice as far as that goes. But Jesus comes to create a new human family in which the bond of love extends not only to a blood relative or a neighbor, but also to the stranger, the prisoner, the unlikable person who in Christ is part of our family. Now I think on this feast many homilists talk about the state of the family and the challenges of culture or how to be a better mother or father or spouse or son or daughter or aunt or uncle or cousin or nephew or niece or grandparent or in-law. But it seems to me that all of those things, the state of the family and the culture and our personal family, start with reflecting on being a disciple of the Lord and how each of us daily puts on love. So, very briefly, a dream, a warning, and the home you find yourself in. First, the dream. Right before Christmas, if you can remember back that far, we heard Joseph's dream to take Mary as his wife, despite the circumstances. Today, the dream tells him, protect your family and go to Egypt. The dream's are part of Joseph's paying attention to God and Joseph's letting God lead him. Isn't it true that many problems in our homes and our relationships are because we're not letting God lead us? We allow ourselves to be led by pride, stubbornness, the need to be right, selfishness. And when that happens, we are not the best parent or child or friend. For those looking for a New Year's resolution, let 2020 be the year we pay attention more and allow ourselves to be led by God. The dream and the warning like the Magi that we'll read about next week, Joseph is warned that it's dangerous to go back the way he came. So he needs to take a risk and to take a new route. At this time of year, we tend to look back at the ghosts of Christmas past 
and understandably, we would like to return there sometimes, especially when life seemed simpler or our problems of today just, well, didn't exist back then. But we too have been warned there is no going back. We can be grateful for the past and use what we have learned from it, but followers of Christ let the word of Christ dwell in us, as Paul writes, richly right now. So your New Year's resolution might involve less of something, like food or drink, But could 2020 be the year that we are more present to our own lives, where we welcome new opportunities and new roads, even if they are hard, in order to let the word dwell in us richly? The dream, the warning, and the home you find yourself in. Today's first reading from the book of Ecclesiasticus in the author's reflection gives us his thoughts about the commandment, honor your father and your mother. Now, while family life then was different from family life now, the message is timeless. We honor those who are our family. For many, home is a place of joy and happiness. For some, home may feel like a prison where there are more tensions than tenderness. And as followers of the Lord, we can never forget that for many in our time, prison is a home, a homeless shelter, is home, a place of turmoil, war, and poverty, is home. But on this day, we think of our relationships. I came upon this quote from the author, Ransom Riggs. I used to dream about escaping my ordinary life, but my life was never ordinary. I simply had failed to notice how extraordinary it was. We can't pretend that challenges and problems don't exist in our homes, in our world. But if we're going to put on the love of Christ, then we have to have a different vision of life. We need to see that even in the darkness all around us, there are extraordinary signs of the presence of Jesus, his grace, and his love. Perhaps our resolution for this coming year is to have that vision, never to fail to see the extraordinary grace in our ordinary lives. Because the promise of Jesus is that when you have that vision, you will always feel as if you've come home.